The Bible says that God did not send his son into the world to judge or to save. Let's see what judgment is and salvation is here. Boom. Amboto. This is Reboot Biblical Perspective coming to you live again from the Twin Island Republic of Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean. Or as we say here in the Caribbean, Caribbean. <laughs> All right, the one and most unique podcast where we approach the New Testament, identifying the misguided westernized perspectives, giving context to the New Testament via the lens of the scriptures with informed commentary on the perspective of the authors. Verified, of course, by our pragmatic and experimental research being done under the Zane Kekito International Institute of Pneumatology. I am your host, Zane Elfugo, the Christ Pneumatologist. And accompanying me, of course, is the lovely... Katsura Bartholomew, the Larinus. Wow. In, our <laughs> in the previous episode, we gave insight into the physicality of eternal life and we divulged into what was eternal life defined by the apostles in this particular episode we are going to shed some light give perspective to the context of what what well to the topic god did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world but that the world might be saved as per usual, we're reading from the Amplified Version of the book of John. And I shall read for you from verse 17. For God did not send the Son into the will to judge and condemn the will, that is, to initiate the final judgment of the will, but that the will might be saved through him. Whoever believes and has decided to trust in him as personal Savior and Lord is not judged for this one there is no judgment no rejection no condemnation but the one who does not believe and has decided to reject him as personal savior and lord is judged already that one has been convicted and sentenced because he has not believed and trusted in the name of the one and only begotten son of god the one who is truly unique the only one of his kind the one who alone can save him on the topic for today's scene, what is what is this judgment that has been referred to here in this in this um verse? Right. So this this before we be, before I actually divulge into the actual objectivity of this text, um, I just want to point out here that this has been this is one excerpt or one context in the Bible that has been very much used to preach fear. In the westernized context of denominational christianity it has been terribly misunderstood it's terribly misguided it's been used to, it's, it has been used to teach fear and people genuine people genuinely um think that there are that there are those who genuine genuinely think that um that people who do not conform to this excerpt here would go to whatever the idea of hell is 
it's been terrible it's it's been terribly misguided you're saying i know for me in particular i understood judgment to be that god is critiquing your every movement and what you do you know as it relates to how well or how well you live your life your christian life so to speak and i know for me growing up this in particular was what was the most concerning part as a christian for me what is going to be my fate after judgment <laughs> hmm interesting so many people use this and what we are about to get into here is going to blow some doctrine off of the water so let's go all right so when it comes to the judgment the question is what that judgment is all right so the first thing that we want to identify here is jesus in, as we saw in john chapter one jesus came to the world and we identified the world in one of the previous episodes as the circle of the circumcised the world was actually the world jesus even went on in john chapter 16 to divulge into what the world was and he actually referred to the world as in the world that conformed to the law which is which is limited to the circularly circumcised so there is the circularly circumcised in the bible and the circularly uncircumcised jesus came to the to to the world as in the circularly circumcised this has this what we are going to this is what we, what we are going to talk about here has nothing to do with those who were not born in the circle of the circumcised Jews. Right now, having said that, the first thing that we need to also the other thing that we need to also identify is the context of that judgment with regards to the circle of the circumcised. So the first thing that we want to try to highlight here would be where this judgment comes from now that will take us to deuteronomy chapter 18. all right now if you go to deuteronomy chapter 18 just pull that up on my thing eh? all right so as we're going to deuteronomy 18 we are going to verses 15 and 16. but this is this is something that that, that was prophesied by moses that is also elaborated on in Deuteronomy chapter 31 as in one of Moses' closing speeches he prophesies something that is then taken up in Daniel, in the book of Daniel from chapter 9 of Daniel or even Nebuchadnezzar's dreams as well as Daniel Daniel's vision of the different beasts all flow into one narrative this is just, these are just continuations of the same so if we look at Deuteronomy chapter 18, reading from verse 15 and 16, it says, The Lord, now this is Moses um, prophesying. We can read from verse 14, it says, For these nations which you shall dispossess, listen to those who practice witchcraft, and to diviners and fortune tellers. But as for you, Yahweh your Elohim has not allowed you to do so. And verse 15 goes on to say, Yahweh your Elohim, the Lord your God, will raise, raise up for you a prophet like me, Moses, from among you, from your countrymen, brothers, brethren. You shall listen to him. This is according to all that you ask. This is according to all that you ask of Yahweh your Elohim at Horeb, 
Mount Sinai on the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear the voice of Yahweh my Elohim again, nor see the great fire anymore, so that I will not die. Right? Yahweh said to me, They have spoken well. I will raise a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. It shall come about that whoever will not listen to my words, which he, which he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him, and there will be consequences. Now, that was a, a, a prophecy that, that Moses gave, which is elaborated in Deuteronomy 31. The context of this is that when the law was given to the, to, to the nation of Israel, it was given to them as the manual as to how to work out the identity or the name of Yahweh as a nation. And it so happened that when the law was given, because of the, the corrupted nature, God actually told them through Moses, identifying their history as to how rebellious their heart was and how they're always going astray because of the, because of the nature of their hearts. God through Moses or Moses actually prophesied that they will stray and they will stray this is what this is this is what this is actually what going to take place they will stray and when you stray judgment is going to come upon you oh, okay. right? because of your lack of integrity to the actual covenant now when we go across to Deuteronomy 31 we see this elaborated even even clearer Right? This is just as Moses, just before he hands over the leadership to Joshua. He says, Then Yahweh said to Moses, it's written here, verse 14 of Deuteronomy 31, And Yahweh said to Moses, Behold, the time for, for you to die is near. Call Joshua and present yourselves at the tent of meeting so that I may commission him. So Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves at the tent of meeting. Then Yahweh appeared in the tent in a pillar of cloud, and the pillar of the pillar of cloud stood beside the doorway of the tent. Yahweh said to Moses, Behold, you are about to lie down in death with your fathers, and this people will arise and play the prostitute. They will commit apostasy with the foreign gods of the people of the land, where they go to be among them. They will abandon, turn away from me, and break my covenant. So Moses, Yahweh is telling Moses that these people are going to step into a lack of integrity. They're going to break the covenant which I have made with them. Then my anger will be kindled and burned against them in that day. And I will abandon, turn away from them. And hide my face from them. When he says hide my face, he means hide my presence from them. Mm-hmm. They will be devoured and many evils and troubles will come on them. So that they will say in that day, it is not because our God is not among us that these evils come on. Sorry, what that reads is, they will, they will say in that day, is it not because our God is not among us that these evils have come up? Have, have come on us but I will certainly hide my face from them in, a day, in that day because of all the evil which they will do for they will turn to other gods to worship lifeless idols to honor handmade, um, handmade relics now this, this prophecy was prophesied and centuries later or a considerable time later the prophet Daniel then actually begins to speak about Israel and Israel has been, when, after this prophecy was given, Israel, you see how Israel was always turning away and going into different idol worships and uh, um, idol worshiping and so on. 
it should shoot Joshua and shoot the book of Judges. How it, it became a happy show. Yeah. Where the lack of integrity was really was really prominent. It's like once they started, they just kept rolling with it. Right. Now Daniel in particular then gets a vision as he goes into the prophets. Sorry, as as he go in, goes into his visions, Daniel in particular gets dreams about Israel when they're going to be turning away. He gets dreams about all of the different empires that came in and how they were oppressed. How they were oppressors to Israel. All this isn't just fulfilling what Moses is saying. Eh? And finally, he sees the fi- a nation that would actually bring Israel to their knees. Well, not to their knees, but they would actually bring the evils that is that that um that 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 Moses spoke about. Now, if you're going to Daniel in particular, Daniel even goes further to from the from the era of his existence. He gets visions that gives him a time frame as to when these things are going to take place. So if you go across to Daniel 9, you will see written in, for example, verse 24. When Daniel receives his visions about the coming judgment, the coming destruction that's going to come on the nation of Israel as they go from one empire to the next, in verse 24, it says 70 weeks of years or 490 years have been decreed for our people and f- for your people and for your holy city, Jerusalem. Now note that this actually says, this is, um, and I'm pointing this out here in an attempt and for the purpose of identifying that this has nothing to do with non-circumcised people. It says 70 weeks of years and 490 years have been decreed for your people and for your holy city. Jerusalem, to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, that sins to your people, eh? make an atonement, reconciliation for wickedness, to bring an everlasting, to bring in everlasting righteousness, by standing with God, to seal up division and prophecy and profit, and to anoint the most holy place, to seal up division and prophecy and profit, and to anoint the most holy place, and he goes on, the, and the angel goes on to explain how this is actually going to play out. Now, to get into that in particular in this episode would be time-consuming. But what we do want to point out in particular is that that time frame was, was actually kept and fulfilled. Because if we actually now go across to Mark chapter 1, <coughs> I'm actually showing this so that you can see the context of this judgment and what this judgment is. Mark chapter 1 verses 14 and 15 reads as follows. Now, after John the Baptist was arrested and taken into custody, Jesus went to Galilee preaching the good news of the kingdom of God and saying, note what he says, the appointed period of time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking. Regret past sins. Live your life in a way that proves repentance. Seek God's purpose for your life and believe with a deep abiding trust in the good news regarding salvation. See what I'm speaking about it? Yeah. That there's a time frame that was given to Daniel and Jesus. And and by the way, that time frame that we saw there in Daniel identifies when the Messiah would come. Now the Messiah is here, and he in relate in re, in, re, in relation regarding what in relation to, to John to, to Daniel's vision, 
of the time frame that will be fulfilled before the, 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 the Messiah would come, he identifies that the time is fulfilled. Now, all of the Pharisees knew the time frame that he was looking at, so everybody was actually looking for the Messiah. Oh, that now makes more sense. <laughs> everybody was looking for when this Messiah would come because the time is being fulfilled. So they were aware of this time frame and they were basically aware of Daniel's visions. Yes, they were. And Jesus, highlighting that he's the one that they were looking for, began to refer to himself as the Son of Man. If you go to Daniel 7 from verse 13, you read that, read that excerpt that you'd realize that it is, the, it is one of the only places in the scripture where Jesus is referred to as the Son of Man, directly in a vision. There are other references in the Bible, but that's directly in a vision given to Daniel by God. So Jesus, all throughout his ministry, is always referring to himself as the Son of Man. He said, and he refers himself as the Son of Man in third person. The Son of Man doesn't have a place to rest. The Son of Man, this is Son of Man, that. It's because he's actually identifying that the time is fulfilled concerning the vision and the judgment that was coming to, Dan, to, to who Daniel referred to as your people and your holy city. Wow. Right? This, this is also confirmed in Galatians chapter 4. Right? I'm just showing you the, 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 time, the timing and fulfilled. Mm -hmm. if, if, if we go to Galatians chapter 4, you can read verse 4 of Galatians 4. And it says in Galatians 4, and I read from verse 3 into 4. It says, So also we, whether Jews or Gentiles, when we were children, spiritually immortal, were kept like slaves under the elementary man-made religious philosophical teachings of the world. But when in, when in God's plan, the proper time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, under the regulations of the law. Pay attention to what it says. When the proper time had fully come, that time frame that he's talking about, the time has fully come, is what Daniel referred to in Daniel 9 as the amount of years that, he, that the prophet, that the angel explained to Daniel must be fulfilled before the Messiah comes, before the initiation of the end of transgressions. He says, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the regulations of the law, which is what Jesus was preaching in Mark 1, chapter 14 and 15, so that him, he might redeem and liberate those who were under the law. You see? You see what I'm saying there? That's yeah, specific everything. to those under the law. Everything has a context. Right. So that he might redeem and liberate those who are under the law, that we who might, who believe might be adopted as sons as God's children, with all rights as fully grown members of a family. So what I'm pointing out here is that that judgment is actually was preached was preached by Moses, it was followed through the scriptures, manifesting in different ways as it went along. But given what was actually elaborated by on it was elaborated on in visions, dreams and visions by Daniel, who was given a particular time frame through which they could measure the time frame in which the Messiah should arrive, should be born into the world, the Messiah should come, which actually puts a time frame on the coming judgment. So when Jesus now says that, uh, when, when Jesus now says, in verse 17 and 18, he said, For God did not send the Son into the world to judge and condemn the world, that is to initiate the final judgment of the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes and has decided to in him, sorry, whoever believes and has decided to trust in him as personal Savior and Lord is not judged, 
For this one, there is no judgment, no rejection, no condemnation, but the one who does not believe and has decided to reject him as personal Lord and Savior is judged already. The one who has been convicted and sentenced because he has not believed and trusted in the name of the one and only begotten Son of God. The one who is truly unique, the one of our kind, the one who can the only the, the one who can who alone can save him. What Jesus is actually referring to is not as has been taught in the Western world here, that if you don't believe in Jesus, you'll be judged. But Jesus, the context is, is that the Messiah is there, and the Messiah is there. What Jesus is, the Messiah has come to save the, to save those who still have integrity. Just like the angels went into to, 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 to Sodom and Gomorrah to mm-hmm. pull out those who still have integrity, the Messiah has come to save those who still have integrity. But those who don't have integrity will not will not hear his message because of the lack of integrity. Which we will read as we go along in John. And they are going to face the judgment that has been planned for, the, for, for, for what Moses said, that they will turn away and become a people of a lack of integrity. Wow. Does that make sense now? That makes a whole lot of sense. I mean... I have so many takeaways from this. The mere fact that the context of the world here, the circle of the circumcised, is mind-blowing. Um, this has been taking out of context so many ways. And so many. Of, I have been part of a circle where we have been really fearful of judgment. But I mean, objectively speaking, if you're being judged, there must be a reference point for the judgment. There must yeah. be something to be held accountable to. Definitely. And, 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 and we know that the judgment in particular does not refer to Gentiles because in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, Paul says that the Gentiles who are called the uncircumcised was without hope, was outside of the covenants of promise, Mm -hmm. without hope and without God in the world. Which means they they were not judged by the law. As no, is the time frame can... was actually established for those who are under the law. I mean, how can they be? I mean, the mere fact that, I mean, you read what in Daniel, the formal decision by God on nation of Israel. And just thinking about it, putting two and two together, it would be quite illogical for the Gentiles to be included in that because they're like, they have absolutely no knowledge. No knowledge of that. Of that. Now, and then, notice. And notice that Galatians 4 makes it very clear for those under the law. Exactly. Circumcised. Those who were circumcised under the law. And it, you yeah. know, even more, for me, it's even more interesting that this time frame was actually kept unfulfilled. And we are actually, we have been reading the New Testament in particular where we see this time and, you know, mentions of this time being fulfilled. It has never really crossed my mind what did the writers mean when they were talking about this and the drawing reference of that is very comforting to know that okay whoa white brow has nothing to do with me and then most importantly it was kept it was fulfilled and as jesus identified in mark that period of time i mean yeah, has nothing I, to do with us and just for the just for the just for the benefit of our precious spiritual gold patrons and listeners to this episode, what we are actually also identifying here is that Daniel gave that time frame to which the Messiah would come and the judgment would begin. Mm-hmm. And Jesus 
when he was actually speaking to disciples, you can go to Matthew 24 to see that. When he speaks to disciples, he says, this generation will not pass away till these things be fulfilled. Wow. A, ge- a generation in the Bible is actually 40 years. And, 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 and when Jesus left, he ascended. He was, he was actually, as he ascended at age 33. And the judgment actually came upon Israel at AD 70. 70. Uh-huh. Which means the generation did not pass away. It took place in 37 years. The generation did not pass. It didn't reach 40 years. It took place within the generation. Every time we go through this, it's like, geez, and ages. It's so important <laughs> to understand the context of these waters. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so what we see here is that the entire book of Revelation is really an elaboration, an expansion of what of the visions that Daniel received. That's why you have the, the mention of the, of the beasts and all of those things mentioned in, in the book of Revelation. And when Jesus spoke to, the, to, to, to John, he said these things will come shortly. Shortly in, con, in the context that it will take place within the generation, as he said when he stood by the temple. Now, here's, here's another thing to, consideration with, to, to consider. And I can, I can actually point out and, and draft a list of comparisons here and a list of points to actually identify how this judgment has nothing to do with Gentiles, number one, nor does it have anything to do with just with, with this civilization that is literally how much 1900 years later. Huh. Um, what you see in 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 the book of Revelation is that that right there is an elaboration of Daniel 9, which means the entire book of Revelation has nothing to do with us. It was actually what was to be fulfilled. And Jesus said that the time was fulfilled. So it was finished. It is finished. Be at peace. <laughs> right? And when he and, and, and the point that I was actually going to draft as the, as the first point is that Jesus walked by the temple as it stood then and said, not one of these stones will remain on top of another. They will be cast down. That temple was was cast down in AD 70. Right now, in Israel, there is no temple, but the temple wall that remains. And I would and like on, to encourage. And, on, and not even the wall of the temple in itself. Not even the wall of the temple, but the west, I think the, and the, uh, one of the walls, I think one of the western walls. On that temple mount stands right now a mosque. Which means for you to draft that um, that what is written, mentioned in Matthew 24 into this present generation, where the temple that Jesus spoke about, where he pointed, this temple is, is going to is, is going to be destroyed. It's already destroyed, and you're still holding on to that. That's a very fanciful interpretation of yeah. the judge of, of Matthew as well as the book of Revelation. There is no future judgment in this era. None at all. What do you think about that, Katura? I think that should bring peace to all of our um, our listeners and and spiritual goal patrons. If you were troubled in your heart concerning judgment, 
I really, really hope that this brings that peace in your heart, knowing that, okay, everything was fulfilled. If you are not aware of what took place in 8070, I would like to encourage you to research it. It's like all over the internet. Thank God we have Google to help us out <laughs> with finding this information. And know that it's it's fulfilled. I mean, that is for every Christian or every, every person who identifies themselves with Christ. That in itself is gold. Knowing that you, there's no divine um, decree against you. Yeah, so what we will do is, so we identify what the judgment is. In the next episode, what we will do is identify how you were saved from that judgment. In two very simple ways, we're going to identify that. So, this is, um, I hope this brings some, some clarity to our listeners and to our spiritual world patrons concerning this judgment and the context of this judgment in the Bible. Um, this is Rebootable Perspective. They won a unique podcast where we identify the misguided westernized perspectives given context in the New Testament via the lens of the scriptures as we just did with informed commentary on the perspective of the authors as we just did. And of course, our, uh, one of the things, the last point that I would actually state is that the mere fact that the sons of God exist and are actually walking out in the kingdom actually proves that the judgment has been fulfilled completely. All right, so for, for, for our spiritual goal listeners, we encourage you to please, we will be very much interested in hearing what your takeaways are from this particular episode, how this impacts you, and of course, leave your questions, post your questions without without hesitation. Please post your questions and we'll, we'll address them in the upcoming episodes. Reboot to Biblical Perspective on Judgment. <laughs>